Good morning, it's February 20th. This is To My Liberal Friends. First of all, yesterday I spoke about having age limits for elected officials, and it seemed to resonate with just about everybody that listened to the podcast. The comments all agree with it. I think the only people that don't agree with that are those that are over 70 and holding office. But moving on to today, sometimes politicians say something that sounds stupid. Well, actually, they do it a lot of time. But when you parse it all down, there might be something both truthful and intelligent in what they've said. The example I'm using today is Donald Trump's inarticulate comment about NATO. And if member nations did not spend their fair share on defense, that he would be loath to defend them if someone like Russia attempted to invade them. Now, that sounded pretty dumb at the outset. But if you think about it, there's some pearls of truth outside the entire, inside the entire issue. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization was created in 1949 in the face of the threat of Soviet communist expansion across the Eurasian landmass, and in the wake of Europe's devastation as a result of the Second World War. NATO extended the U.S. security umbrella, including atomic weapons, to France, Italy, Belgium, Luxembourg, Denmark, Norway, Netherlands, Portugal, the United Kingdom, Iceland, and Canada. These were the original members of NATO. Three years later, Turkey and Greece joined. In 1955, West Germany became a member. Spain joined in 1982. It was a defensive alliance against a possible Soviet military aggression. The sole reason for the existence of the alliance was to prevent the Soviet Union from militarily overrunning Western Europe. When the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, NATO's original mission had actually ended, but I, I believe there's reason to keep it. But critics will argue that the Russian invasion of Ukraine brought the original purpose of the alliance back into focus in reality. I would say that it does, and it does not. I say this with full knowledge that I believe Vladimir Putin would like to reconstitute the Soviet Union and take back the breakaway nations that are now independent of Moscow's control. When Russia first launched its invasion of Ukraine, most of us thought this would be a two-week war and Russian forces would overrun Ukraine. But here we are two years later and both sides are mired in a standoff. Ukrainian forces withdrew from a key city this week, but not because the Russians forced them out, but rather because they were running out of ammunition to fight the Russians. The war in Ukraine has cost Russia over 300,000 soldiers that have either killed or so seriously wounded they can no longer fight. Whatever the outcome of the war between Russia and Ukraine, it's now apparent that Russia will emerge from the war weakened both materially and manpower-wise. They're not the military we thought they were. Russia has lost thousands of battle tanks and other military vehicles. And there's a major political unrest in Russia over this war. Mothers and fathers cannot understand why Putin had to invade a neighboring country that was no threat to Russia. They cannot understand why this, they've had to take the lives of their sons. Over time, this will only grow, and it will take a toll on Putin politically, in my opinion. Getting back to NATO, there's some truth in what Trump said about our, many of our allies not spending the required amounts on defense. Back in 2014, NATO heads of state met, and their governments agreed to spend 2% of GDP on defense by 2024. Well, it's 2024, and the numbers don't lie. Looking at the nation of the alliance, the numbers are as follow. Poland leads with 3.9% of GDP spent on defense. The United States falls with 3.49%, and that accounts for the bulk of the actual real dollars. There are nine members of the alliance that have met the 2% threshold agreed upon, but there are 19 members who have failed to live up to that pledge. Those include France, Germany, Netherlands, Norway, Denmark, Italy, Canada, Belgium, and others. Uh, I list these nations because they're not what you would consider poor nations. In fact, many of those nations have seen their defense spending drop in recent years. When you start to look at the facts, you find that Trump's comment, no matter how inarticulate it, it sounded, was in fact correct when he points out that the majority of NATO members are not living up to their commitment. 
They're living under the protection of the United States and relying on the U.S. to defend them if something were to occur. In the early 1970s, I spent two plus years attached to the German military. It was a Pershing missile unit. These were theater nuclear force missiles. They've long been destroyed. But in that time in Germany, I got a good picture of how much the United States spends on military operations in Germany. We have to maintain housing for our troops and their dependents. We have to have military hospitals at various locations. We have to have post exchanges, PXs and commissaries. We have to have schools for the children of the dependents. In order to provide all of those facilities, the U.S. military hires thousands of German nationals, and those military personnel stationed in Germany contribute to the German economy by renting homes, buying goods in German stores, utilizing German restaurants, and patronizing tourist destinations in Germany. The United States has troops stationed in Italy, who does not meet the 2%, Great Britain, who does, Spain, Poland, Turkey, Belgium, Romania, Greece, and a couple of other nations. Most of them are not meeting the 2% figure, but enjoying not only the military protection of the United States, but the economic benefits of U.S. military stationed there. Now, I believe that what Trump is saying is that NATO countries have to live up to their pledge. I have no doubt that if he's our next president, he will defend NATO, but at the same time, he will use the bully pulpit to try and get them to spend, to use a term Democrats love to use when it comes to taxes, their fair share defending freedom. As a nation, we are now engaged in a full-throated debate about how much the United States can afford to pay for the defense of our allies. The bill just passed by the Senate provides billions of dollars for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Democrats want to fund Ukraine, but not Israel. Republicans want to fund Israel, but limit funds to Ukraine. Both are doing so with the undercurrent of political reasons, but the fact remains that other nations are not willing to spend for their own resources for their security and rely on the United States to defend them from threats outside their country. It's been to my liberal friends. Thanks for listening.